Hi everyone, today I'm back with an episode where I interview a friend, Jonas, from Lithuania. I met him here in Edinburgh at an entrepreneur meetup and I loved the ideas he had, the projects he's working on. He makes his full-time income as a tutor. He's currently a student, chemical physics student in the University of Edinburgh and he makes his full-time income tutoring others online. And I thought that's a great side hustle that the five people would love to learn more about. Let's talk about it in an interview. So here I am talking to Jonas. Welcome to the Financial Independence Europe podcast, where we interview people from all 44 European countries, all of them, about optimizing your life, geo-arbitrage and making the most of your money. This was your hosts, Alvar, Arminta and Matthias. Hello everyone, today I am interviewing Jonas, a friend of mine in Edinburgh, Scotland. Uh, I met him at a entrepreneur meetup about a month and a half ago and very inspiring guy, very interesting ideas. And then uh, a month and a half later, we thought, you know, I need to get this guy on the podcast. So here we are. Hello, Jonas. Hi, how are you? I'm great. You're also in Edinburgh, right? Yes, yes, I am. Before we jump into the main topic of today's episode, can you quickly tell us who you are and what it is that you do? A quick rundown. So I'm a university student, a fifth year chemical physics student at the University of Edinburgh. I'm also an online tutor. I'm tutoring mass physics, chemistry. Then my two side kind of projects are studysquare.co.uk and another website I'm working on is digital business cards. And I also sometimes work on Wix Corvette projects. So these are kind of five things I do in my life. That's probably quite a lot and takes a lot of time, but yeah. Yes, of course. That makes sense. So today I would like to dive into kind of this online teaching that you do as a side hustle. I find it's uh, very interesting. It's something I used to do too, but I only did it for English and Spanish, but you do it for a whole array of uh, subjects. So to get started, how did you find these students to teach online? So initially, like uh, I started probably through some app and it wasn't really, I wasn't even searching for particular, in particular for students. And it was just even before I started my university, I think. So um, I, th I think it was some company I had to apply to. It was self-employed uh, job kind of. And I, I got accepted. I was, I don't know, I was quite surprised and excited about it. And that particular company taught me quite a lot in terms of communication, politeness and so on. And then when I got to Edinburgh, of course, I realized I can now finally meet students in person. and. That's how I can tutor them. Um, so I've definitely started from meeting, uh, you know, students in, in person. How I found them? Well, I think uh, I was using quite a few websites. So that would be first tutors. Uh, then I was trying to apply to my tutor. I was using tutor for, I was using UK tutors. And just basically I was randomly contacting everyone on, on, those, uh, on those websites because there's sometimes some job opportunities. And eventually someone just booked a lesson, you know, it was, I believe, November of the the first academic year. And then basically just that's that's where my story of tutoring started. I kind of contacted more and more students or just my profile got better on those platforms and I was able to acquire more customers. So, so, so yeah, this is how I basically started tutoring in general. Then I think there was one lesson with a new student 
where I was quite, I don't know, just a bit sick and I didn't want to necessarily go to their house. So I suggested to tutor them on Skype and they agreed. And that was probably the first online lesson um, that I've uh, had with a student. And after that, I realized I don't necessarily need to travel to a student to actually provide tutoring services. And after that point, I just started having more and more online lessons until eventually probably a year and a half or two years after I started tutoring, I went only to an online lessons. So there were no one-to-one lessons at all in my schedule. Very nice. So you started with the classic, you know, in-person tutoring and you started suddenly, you realized you could do this online. And obviously when you do this online, you are wasting less time. It's much more efficient and it's easier. You're just, you know, you do it from your phone even, or you can do it from your, probably you do it from your computer. So what is it that you exactly teach? What are the different subjects you teach? So currently I tutor maths, physics and chemistry because I got a good grade in biology before, you know, going to university. I thought I could also do biology, but eventually I realized it's just not the subject I want to teach. There's a lot of material there you have to learn, and that's kind of also applicable for chemistry. So my favorite, of course, is maths, and the majority of students are maths. And that also reflects kind of the demographics of tutoring kind of market, because most of the students, of course, will want to have English and math lessons. So during the lessons, uh, usually we just cover some questions. Either I have some questions prepared or the students uh, have their questions from, let's say, homework, from school. There's uh, a large majority of, of lessons that we have when we discuss past papers. And in that way, we can prepare the students for exams. And I would say probably 80% of the lessons are just towards the exams, not just like generally, you know, enhancing grades, but like the main focus in, I would say, tutoring industry is the exams and, and just, just to succeed in them. Interesting. And so when a student is looking to hire you as a tutor, do they want you to have like a certain kind of experience or do you show them, look, I got like 100% in maths. I know what I'm talking about. What are the kind of qualifications that you need to be a tutor? Right. So, of course, you would be expected to have good grades or so, so if it's that if it's not uh, the good exam grades prior to university, then you would probably need to prove that you're doing well at the university. Um, so, of course, it is really important that you do well academically. I was able to include into my kind of, let's call it CV uh, or, you know, the profile on those tutoring websites that have also got a silver medal in International Junior Science Olympiad. So that was probably a, quite a good thing uh, that, that probably lifted my profile up. Of course, not in, in, in the, on the website, but in the eyes of the parents that were hiring. Um, so, of course, these things initially are very important and just just because you, you have nowhere to start from, right? You have to demonstrate that you're good at your subject. But once you got some experience, it's definitely worth including the hours you've tutored, you know, in particular subject or in general. I, I probably just give the total number of hours I've been tutoring so far. And then, of course, there's some respect from those hours that you know what you're doing, that people are booking your lessons. Some websites have their own system of you know, calculating, uh, recording how many lessons you have conducted uh, on a particular website. So that, again, kind of uh, ensures that parents are able to trust you in, in terms of that you've already delivered those lessons. But also, yes, feedback, reviews, very important. But again, 
most of the websites tend to store them on the website. So essentially, if you're doing good on one website, that mostly likely means you'll, you'll get most of your students from the same website and others will be kind of neglected because people won't be able to see all the reviews, feedback, lessons you've had and, and so on. So it's interesting you say that. Are you mostly tutoring uh, university students or high school students? And I'm asking this because, as you said yourself, many times it's the parents that are shopping for tutors and not the students themselves. So which one is most uh, common as a student, you'd say? Right. So absolutely, I would say that whenever you go to tutoring, you have to understand the first probably even rule that it's not the students that are hiring. Probably I would say 95%, not not the student. It's all about the parents. And it's all about persuading parents that you are the best tutor or you provide the best value or you are going to achieve the result. And I would probably say, yeah, just just 5% or something is the actual student applying, you know, just contacting you to see if you could provide those lessons or they would be as, as a, you know, a job advertisement on the website. Um, that would most likely be an adult learners, but, but also sometimes there are some A-level students who are probably already 18 or something, and, and then they're able to apply uh, for, for just contact the tutors. The other thing I would like to know is that even legally, according to many terms and conditions of these websites that I'm tutoring on, only a parent can actually create an account or a student has to be represented by a parent or a guardian. So essentially, even legally, like most of the students, so-called students, will be your, the actual parents. And it's important to have the very good communication with the parents because eventually they decide uh, if you if they want to purchase your lessons or not, you know the, the student has some influence, but most most of the time quite little. That's very interesting. And do you find like I'm putting myself in the position of someone who's who's an adult, so maybe someone who has a job and is looking to do this tutoring as a side hustle? Do you think parents prefer other university students as the tutors, or would they prefer maybe uh, an adult who's you know maybe a mechanical engineer and they want to tutor on the side? Or do you know what kind of you know tutors parents would probably prefer? Yeah, so it's hard to tell since I'm still a student, so I haven't got a perspective from the other side once you graduate. But there's definitely a demand for actual teachers, for actual graduates. I would probably say that the advantage of being a student at a university is that you've got that very recent experience of having exams and going through the same struggles, again, learning the very similar material or even the same one. But once you go after graduation to tutoring, the parents most likely respect you from because you have already a degree or you have a job. And I, I, I'm just guessing really because I haven't been uh, tutoring after my graduation since I haven't graduated. Um, but I can I can tell for sure that so many parents are actually searching for real teachers. So they just put this in job adverts. Like we are searching for a teacher in, in chemistry or a teacher in English or so. And, and then in that case, of course, I don't even apply to that job most likely because I understand that their expectations are that there should be a proper teacher rather than just some you know, tutor and, and guidance from them. So there's definitely a demand for, for different people in this market. Yeah, of course, that makes sense. And I'm guessing that if you're a graduate and you're also a teacher, you could probably ask for more per hour because you can be like, you know, this is my job. 
or this is I'm I'm an expert in this and you you know I can charge more. Yes, right. I would say that you can probably start you know asking for more if you you know start tutoring when you're a graduate, but I very much believe that if you have a proven record of delivered lessons, good feedback. I don't know what else can be there on those websites. They have different, you know, systems. That is also a huge advantage. So I wouldn't necessarily say that if you have graduated, you would be able to charge way much more than the starting student. Well, probably that there would be still a significant difference, but it also comes to trust and proven record. Mm. Yeah. So that's very interesting. Uh, it really tells us that anyone can really tutor. I mean, anyone, anyone that knows about their subject, I guess. And so moving on to kind of the classes themselves, you obviously don't have a degree in teaching. How, <laughs> how did you uh, kind of learn how to tutor, learn how to teach and, you know, prepare these kind of classes with these students? Right. So I probably got a lot of experience from different uh, companies or jobs I had. And at the end, it's really hard to distinguish where it all came from. Of course, I, I probably started tutoring, of course, not for money. When I was, I don't know, 15 years old or 14 years old. Uh, and it was like kind of a school I've created in my local, you know, community, you know, we would be like kids, you know, hanging out. And I had once an idea to create kind of a school, like, you know, the proper, you know, grades and, and stuff like that. So I was always really passionate about that. At the very end of my high school, I started tutoring one of my classmates in chemistry. So that was a completely different experience because I was, you know, finally doing like proper tutoring rather than just playing it as a game. And then, as I mentioned, once I applied to one of the companies just before my university, they gave me some sort of like training. There was, I believe, a training document you had to read through. And also, I think once I joined another company for a zero-hour contract in, here in Edinburgh, uh, they also gave us very formal training of, I believe that was two hours. But I think still, you know, you, you cannot be a very good tutor if you only have that formal education and tutoring. You also have to try it out. So I would say that anyone who wants to be a good tutor should just start, you know, tutoring. That's, that's as simple as it is. And for many things in life, the same really applies. You just have to start doing what you want to be good at. So I remember my first lesson in person was a complete disaster. I remember my voice was like probably really high. I was so stressed <laughs> during that lesson. It was it was a terrible experience for them. Uh, but you know, I was of course they cancelled the lesson oh. right after that. <laughs> no surprise. But, oh, no. <laughs> but I was able to learn something. You know, just and then just yeah, go yeah. through those lessons and you learn what works, what doesn't. Nah, that that's good advice. Just start. And maybe you can say on your profile, like, I'm a complete beginner, you know, be fair with me. <laughs> uh, and maybe you can offer like a discount because you're just starting. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, then, then you probably just start from the lowest price possible, which is allowed in the website. I'm not saying the mm -hmm. lowest, but usually that lowest is quite, quite okay. And then, of course, just include something like, yeah. I'm friendly, I'm, I'm passionate in tutoring, I'm passionate in teaching. <laughs> And that kind of, you know, gives gives a perception that you're really keen into, you know, delivering good service. Yeah, that's very important. That's interesting because, yeah, once again, it tells us that really anyone can do tutoring. You just need to kind of have the energy and be willing. And you're saying that these tutoring in Edinburgh, they had formal education. I didn't know that. So is this a kind of, is this an agency in Edinburgh 
that offers you formal tutoring kind of courses or? Right. So I wasn't necessarily searching. There probably are some, you know, companies that provide tutoring courses. By the way, this is something I might do in the future since I already got some experience and I really want to help other tutors, other tutors to succeed. Uh, but it was just an agency, really. Um, they would employ people for a zero hours contract. That means they wouldn't be promising you any hours. You know, they would be free to choose if you get those lessons or not. But just because they wanted, of course, to provide good value to the students, to the parents, they would have like, I don't know, two hours course, like on how to approach the student, how to communicate. There's so much more actually, which you have to be aware of when you're tutoring in person. And that agency was focused on one-to-one tutoring, not online at all. When, when you do it online, you know, you can just sit on a sofa and talk to a student, John on the iPad. It's just such a different experience. When you're one-to-one, you have to know how to, even like, you know, how to look at the student, what to do if the student starts, you know, telling that they have suicidal thoughts, you know, it's, it's just really serious. Yeah. I mean, that also applies when you do online tutoring. I haven't experienced that at any point so far. But, you know, it's a very, you know, personal approach when you do one-to-one tutoring, since you're in actual, you know, physical place, you are in a different place. You have to also care about your security, you know, uh, about your safety, um, so there's so many more things you have to be aware of when you're doing in one-to-one. That's why that particular course was given for us. Otherwise, as I mentioned, when I started this online uh, kind of tutoring, it was actually through text me- kind of text messages and pictures, the very, very first experience in, in Edinburgh. That was online, and they just gave us just some, some written kind of training document. So, so just, just because I believe online, it is fewer things you have to think about before starting to tutor. Yeah. And if I were to start teaching online, are there any kind of websites that you'd recommend? Because I remember when I started doing some teaching online, and for me, it was mainly Spanish and English. And I got really frustrated with myself because I didn't know how to teach. And I was really frustrated because I felt bad. And I was like, you know, they're paying me $5 an hour. Nothing, I know. But I was still was like, I, I need to, I need to kind of know what I'm doing. And so I'd spend hours researching online, like how to teach English, you know, resources. And I eventually realized that the best way is to kind of share screens or you send them a PowerPoint uh, before the lesson. And then you go through the PowerPoint PowerPoint together and you start using kind of not just your face, but online kind of resources. It could be PowerPoint, it could be some other kind of word or something to draw and like an online kind of board. Uh, kind of a drawing board. And so eventually things got way easier because it was way more interactive, way easier. Because before I used to just teach, you know, face-to-face conversation classes, which are difficult and dull. And I eventually realized that, you know, there are teaching materials out there for this kind of thing. So I'm wondering if you use that and if there are any that you'd recommend and we'll add them in the show notes, of course. Sure. So it was definitely a struggle for me initially, since, as I mentioned, I wanted to switch from one-to-one tutoring to completely just online tutoring. So I was constantly just searching for possible options to use as kind of an online classroom. And clearly there are companies that provide online classrooms, but then they charge, you know, some fee. And I just wanted some free option, which works well. And I remember initially, it's ridiculous, but I was just using Skype and I would just be using my iPhone 5C or iPhone 5 to just film through the camera while I was writing on paper. So it was still a bit better because you could interact oh with the student, you still could ask, you could draw uh, or just write some, some formulas. 
but that was the very beginning. And then I really wanted to increase the quality of the lessons that I offer. So I think, well, because of social media, I was using Messenger. Uh, it was easy to message people there. But both Messenger and Skype provided quite a poor audio quality at that point, at least. Yeah. And the next thing that was suggested actually by one of my students was Discord. The I'm not sure, like it's like the app used for gaming mostly. So mm-hmm. the, the audio quality w- there was perfect. So I, I kind of, of course, used that app for just his lessons. But eventually I was just going through many of different options. I was using some website which offers online a whiteboard because I was using some sort of stylus on my same iPhone 5C to draw the formulas and pictures and, and stuff. But then, then eventually, I remember probably after two years of actually tutoring, I found Zoom Cloud Meetings. And that was just like magic. They provide, first of all, free service. So if, if you're just having two people in the same meeting room, in that case, it's for free. If you want to get more devices and people into it, you have to pay like £12 or something or dollars. I can't remember exactly. It might have changed. Mm-hmm. But audio quality is perfect. And, you know, if you have good Wi-Fi connection, you can actually share your screen on almost any device and you can annotate it, which is incredibly useful. Wow. So so it was all in one, just basically everything provided for you. And the best part probably, at least for me, was you just, hey, I just don't want to activate my iPad now, but you just say, hey, Siri, start a lesson and just opens the online classroom, basically. <laughs> Amazing. Wow, very cool. So moving on to kind of now, now you prepare for your classes. This is your full-time kind of income, uh, tutoring online. How do you prepare for classes now? You have streamlined the process, I guess. You've got all the right materials. Can you kind of walk us through what a lesson preparation looks like for you now? So I was never a fan of preparing for lessons because it would just take some extra time and eventually my kind of hourly rate would drop. Sometimes I actually needed to prepare for them because I was just not good in a particular part of the subject or some much more advanced stuff I needed to tutor. But it would all come into kind of a situation that I wouldn't be prepared for a lesson. And I would just be trying to create questions on the spot. So I, I, I've, I've heard you talking about preparing some sort of slides. Well, that wasn't the case for me. I was just probably too lazy to prepare for every single <laughs> lesson. And of course, stuff was going on. You know, I, I was still a student. I had other things to do. And, and it just there wouldn't be simply enough time to prepare for every single lesson. I would much rather just um, use some past papers that are available online. Or I would just ask students, do you have any questions? And sometimes they would have those questions. But I realized that whenever I have a lesson with a student that have no questions prepared, I usually create them on the spot. They're of poor quality. I have to always find the answer myself to check that it is correct. And it wasn't a necessarily reliable way of, you know, using questions that I've already prepared or yeah, just basically just providing material. So what I've done was probably two years ago, almost two years ago, I've realized I can create a website just to advertise my services outside of those of those platforms. And at the same time, I slowly started building a resources data set of the questions that I would like to reuse in the future lessons. So my initial idea was just to create some proper decent resources to to be used during the lessons and then probably do some sort of revision and go through the same questions again what it is what is this database now 
uh, eventually it became a massive website with almost 3,000 questions and they're increasing all the time. So I, I believe almost every week I upload 100 more new questions. Initially, I was creating them myself. And at some point, I realized I want someone else to be creating them for me, not only because of time, but also because someone can actually create better questions than me. And I was always aware of that, that I can be better at tutoring, but someone can be better at creating those questions. And it's, it's, you know, it takes time to really think of what ideas you can include in those questions. So eventually I've created a website, studysquare.co.uk, which has all these resources I've been using so far uh, in the past and even now. I'm very much just using all the time That's the same website. And I realized I can help other tutors to use the same to use the same resource and deliver better lessons. So th therefore, I kind of opened it to the world so that anyone could use the same resource I've been using so far. And it just completely changed, um, you know, in the long term, how I deliver my lessons. It's just more like student going to the website, seeing the resources, answering questions and me helping them rather than on my side, just trying and struggling to quickly come up with questions, check the answer and do it all my side. And then the student is kind of just the observer. And in the, in the, in the previous lessons, like three years ago, there would be quite a poor quality now. Since I've got those resources, I can deliver a really good quality tutoring for every single student. Like no, no one's disadvantaged because I'm, you know, not in a good mood that particular day, for example. Yes, and I love that because you aren't spending extra time preparing the lessons. This was my the biggest reason I was so sick of teaching in, in general was that I preparing the lesson took ages, and if you didn't prepare, then I felt horrendously stressed and worried that I wasn't going to deliver. But you've got all the resources in one website for chemistry, maths, and physics, right? That's correct. Yeah. Uh, and so if someone wants to start tutoring, you know, they just need to kind of use the questions that you've already got prepared. And then they just find a tutor. That's, that's sorry, not a tutor, a student. And they don't even need to prepare it. That's really cool. And what kind of, um, do you have your resources classified by, you know, GCSEs, A-levels, like by exam or by how do you have it organized? Yeah, so initially when I started, it was just a complete mess. I just wanted to have some something there so I'd be able to reuse them during some of the lessons. Eventually, when the database grew, I had to include A-level. So it would be just a GCSE level, National 5, A-levels, higher, highest in, in, you know, in Scotland. But and, 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 and still, not all the resources have that particular level. It's, of course, organized into, first of all, subjects, then their topics, their smaller subtopics, and there's like lists of questions with theory and so on. But currently, I'm really working on uh, including level for almost every single question. And the end goal, of course, is to serve the main exam boards in England, uh, in England and Scotland. So that would be Edexcel, AQA, SQA, and probably IB in the future. So at this point, it's mostly probably for GCSE uh, exams, but we're just constantly growing that database. And it's just a matter of time when we cover the full AQA, uh, A-levels, GCSE, and, and so on. And we'll have those levels that you'll be able to actually sort the questions and see the ones which are relevant to you. Very cool. And you're getting like a, an army of tutors really on your website using your resources. And eventually you could maybe turn this in some, into some kind of agency where you have your old, all the tutors using the similar questions. And then, you know, you just go out and find the students, right? That's your kind of end goal? Well, not necessarily. I know it's quite a saturated market at this point to find students. It is yeah. very possible. 
I, of course, can go that route and I might still in the future. Who knows how it's going to turn out? But at, the, at least at this point, I'm solely focusing on providing those resources for tutors to really save a lot of their time or to tutoring websites. So, so these are two out of four areas which I'm focusing currently on StudySquare. Um, just I, I don't think I can invest that much money into acquiring students because I can probably mention really just, just to get a click on a search engine costs approximately three to five pounds. That That's when I was testing probably, I don't know, two wow. years ago. So it's a really, you know, it's, you have to have a lot of investment to do that. And it's not enough just to get a student on yeah. your website. You then have to have plenty of tutors there. And how do you get plenty of tutors if you don't have any students? Yeah. So it's just, you know, that that's why some yeah. companies are successful in that and not, not necessarily trying to go after them. I would much rather provide some extra value for currently existing tutors and agencies and tutoring websites rather than just trying to compete with them. Yeah, that's a good point. So going into more of the specifics, could, would you mind letting us know like how much you earn per class or per hour? Yeah, so I think uh, currently the majority of my lessons are in between 19 pounds to 24 i believe and of course mm-hmm. that's taken into account the cuts uh that most of the websites take so i think i've started from it was like 15 pounds initially uh for the very first lesson which i was talking about when i failed and after taking away the, the tutoring website fee after taking away the travel costs just a simple bus I think I've got just 11 pounds for that particular lesson, you know, and I spent probably three hours just traveling and tutoring. So it's not necessarily a very good deal. If you go online and of course you can become more efficient and it starts making sense to even take a slightly cheaper lessons. And, and also in the industry as a whole, online tutoring is perceived as probably a cheaper option that can save both the money for the parents and for the time for the tutors. So I, I believe this is my kind of sweet spot at this point charging probably 24 pounds um like the, the money I actually get for from new students uh but i definitely seen some crazy rates on on those popular websites such as putting you know some some people would be putting like 60 pounds per hour and of course there would be like i don't know 10 pounds cut from the tutoring website but still you know 50 pounds is a lot and that would be online online tuition of course when yeah. we're talking about one-to-one the the rate can get much higher because you have to invest much more time into that. So so you probably would probably start if you go to tutoring at, let's say, £15 officially, you know, before the fees uh, of, of the ag- agencies and tutoring websites, or 20 I guess, depends on your experience. And then, of course, you can go as far as, as you want. But I would say that very much the median or average in the industry is like 25 or 30 at least in one-to-one. Yeah, that's actually not bad, 25 to 30. I know that... Uh... As a student, that's good money compared to what you earn, you know, working at a restaurant or working as, you know, in a fast food restaurant. That's way more. And you get to do it from the comfort of your home and you get to, you know, work with people that, you know, respect you and you learn some probably important business skills, right? You're managing clients, you're... So that's really, no, that's a very interesting uh, side hustle. And talking about that, would you say in general that tutoring is a good side hustle, what are the pros and cons? And maybe tell us a bit, what are the skills that you're uh, kind of acquiring by tutoring people online? Yeah. So, of course, because I've kind of made it into my living, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm paying all my bills and everything from tutoring only. 
I had to, of course, develop some sort of structure. So that would be the study square, that would be the communication, the devices I use. Like, as I mentioned, initially I was using just my iPhone 5C or something, and it was a tiny screen. But then I shifted to iPad Pro, and now I have a big iPad Pro, which is really convenient to use. And then later I realized I, I cannot even do it all on the iPad. I need a MacBook. So, of course, it's not that expensive if you look on, on eBay or something. Um, so it, it definitely mm. paid off already for, for me, all of these devices. But basically, you had to create that all structure ecosystem. And I remember reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I don't remember necessarily which book because there are so many of them. <laughs> you know, just probably was before you quit your job or something. He was just explaining that you need to know so much stuff when you do your own business. You need to buy your own stationery. And I was like... I already got that all, you know, I actually don't even use paper. So, so <laughs> nice. of course I've, I've built all that structure. I could say I'm not necessarily independent since I very much rely on the websites, but I, I would say I've got those kind of soft business skills, just, you know, communication, communication, by the way, is so important. Just customer, yeah. customer experience. You have to be super polite when you tutor, well, when you're like almost friends with your, uh, with your students, when you've tutored them for like two years, then of course you can be, you know, have like some joke or something, you know, just, you can discuss their plans in the future and stuff, but it's, it's, you have to be very polite. There has to be very good communication. Yes. And, and of course you have to invest time. So I kind of, I see, I saw money when I started, tutoring i wanted to be better i want to to have more lessons and i was constantly investing time if you if you're not ready for that if you just want you know some quick money um i know probably some other job is better for you where you can already be employed you'll be guaranteed some hours and, and i would say like i'm not guaranteed at all any hours i just have to create it for myself and whenever uh, the, the exams are passed basically i'm left with a few students a week so so it's it's quite i would say risky but in a way, a rewarding process. And also, if, if you don't feel yes. like you want to communicate a lot with people and you just don't feel at all that tutoring is for you, why should you do that? You know, just some people prefer yeah. other things. Yeah, that completely, that makes sense. And now you're slowly moving into the online business space. And before we finish off, I'd love to hear a little bit. Uh, you've got Study Square, which is your resources for tutors uh, that you have on a subscription model for the tutors. And so you give them resources and they can, in exchange, they pay a little bit per month. And can you talk to us a little bit about your other uh, online business that you're building uh, and what are your kind of goals with that? So, so first of all, Steady Square is, you know, like my little baby and I just like very much care about it. <laughs> so I just want to attach more and more functions to it, you know, just make it better. So there have been quite recent development, even in, in, in the Steady Square. So as I mentioned, I aim to offer these resources for tutors and agencies, but I'm not limited to that. So, so of course, I've created to, uh, so I had to create some sort of uh, API so that I would be able to export these resources in different websites. And I believe that would be a great opportunity in the future. Just yesterday, I met someone who was very much interested in using Steady Square for recording the income from their tutoring agency. And I'm, I'm so excited to actually work with them and see it probably it can grow and I can provide the same kind of I would say accounting software on, on the study square for tutoring agencies. And, and that could save a lot of their time. So these are kind of three, four major areas I'm, I'm considering now on study square. In addition, uh, because I had some skills, you know, in Wix Core that I realized I can probably do something else with that. And I, I was quite surprised that digital business cards are quite expensive. If you look at the current market, there are of course some for free, but then 
you know, the quality suffers or something like that. I'm not going to generalize, but there's definitely something I can do in that market. So at this point, I've created a website uh, for digital business cards where you can get one again based on subscription business. But still, it's it's probably, I don't know, five times, six times cheaper than what's currently on the market. I'm, I'm talking about major competitors. And this is another project I'm working on. I'm currently planning to build a team uh, of people that would join this venture. And it's really just a learning process because I, I don't consider necessarily myself some sort of entrepreneur or anything. But I just want to play with it. I just want to see how it works. And eventually it might, you know, it might be a, a bigger business. So, so, so that's my second thing. Um, probably another thing I was thinking still was having like a website and offering a Wix Corvid development. But that's very much just in the plans right now. So there's a lot in my head, but I'm mostly focusing on just study square, like my main child, I would say. <laughs> that completely makes sense. And I love how you try different things and see and play around. I think that's completely the right approach because many times you don't really know if a digital business is going to work. You don't really know if people are going to buy this or if they're interested. But, you know, uh, why not just try it? And you're at the perfect moment, really. Right now to test, you've got some good digital skills that are really important. And, you know, uh, this is um, definitely the right approach, I would say. So very inspiring. And I, uh, Jonas was talking about these two little ventures that he's got in these entrepreneur meetups that we go to. And I think uh, people were interested. And I think digital business cards is definitely a good kind of product that people will eventually, it'll, it'll catch on eventually. It's also environmentally friendly and all that. So... So uh, I'm excited to hear, you know, it'd be, it'd be interesting to interview you in like a year and see how, see how it's gone. <laughs> cool. Should we do our three last quest final questions? First question is where can our listeners find you online? I would say the best probably way to find me would be on LinkedIn. So you can go to, yeah. <laughs> you know, just search for my name. You can already see this in the podcast, I believe. So just, just type the same and, and just... Um, you, can, you can find me there and I post most of my content on LinkedIn. It's just like my major platform. Everything else is just like redistributing the same content. Yes, uh, Jonas is an avid LinkedIner. I don't know if that's a word, but uh, <laughs> everyone who has him on LinkedIn, when they meet him in person, uh, says, um, oh, you're the LinkedIn guy, because he posts like twice a day, which is great because it's... Currently three times a day. Like one video, three times a day. one wow. video, one text and one... Some, some sort of photo or image. <laughs> but that's great. I think LinkedIn, that's how you use it. If you uh, post quality content, then you suddenly have clients coming to you. Yeah, I actually so. got one client for, for the digital changed. business cards. So, so that was interesting. I didn't yeah. have to introduce anything. They just went on my website and, and they first of all connected to me through LinkedIn. They went uh, on the website and they, they just subscribed to the digital business card. So that was probably the most interesting experience. Like the first time I got the customer through social media. Yeah, it's it's life changing. Now you're addicted and you'll always you'll keep posting forever. <laughs> okay, question number two. What is one resource not well known that you recommend to others? Could be a blog, a podcast, a book, anything. Because I want uh, I, I like to consume media on YouTube like a lot. I found Graham Stephan show or just Graham Stephan in general quite useful since he's just sharing experience mm -hmm. about how he has built this, you know, his business in terms of like real, real estate investment. And, but he also gives like a lot of, you know, a lot of advice in terms of like credit cards 
um, you know, loans, you know, mortgages, stuff like that, you know, just like in general, even spending, you know, personal finance. So I've watched plenty of his videos and I find them quite useful because like I, for example, didn't even know that I have to get a credit card as soon as possible so that I would be able to build my credit score. And, and I just learned this mm, from, yeah. from his show. Like, so that's Graham Stephan you have to search for. Nice. We'll add those in the show notes. Very cool. And our last question, number one actionable tip for someone to get started with tutoring online. So I would say just start it. As, as you know, in any other thing, you know, <laughs> like probably, of course, yes. be ready, you know, just prepare some sort of like profile description that would be relevant for tutoring. So it could be, I don't know, your experience, you know, again, as I mentioned, like you're, you're so happy to tutor other children, help, you know, other students, something like that, you know, just create a short kind of essay about yourself, uh, a short description, why you're good at it. And just then a good photo, of course, photos are very important. Um, and and just like yes. some some information that you can reuse on different websites and just go for it you know just open the the five i don't know 10 first websites you so you find on search engine and just paste the same profile description the same photo the same achievements into each of them they might be a bit different but then once you're present there start actively contacting students i, I cannot emphasize enough how important that is like i've met a few okay. friends who are like I've created an account on that particular website, but no one came to me. No one wanted to book my lessons. Like I was like, just try, you know, just contact. I know it's much easier when customers come to you, but at least all, all my kind of relative success is built on the fact that I'm constantly contacting students, like of course parents. And if I wasn't doing that, I wouldn't even have money to pay the rent at this point. So just actively yeah. be present there, contact them. And at some point you, you'll just make it as a living, you know. So, so it should, should be fine. Yeah, I, I, that's a good tactic. Instead of waiting for them to come to you, you go out to them. That's, that's, good, yeah. uh, that's what, what you're saying, right? I'm saying that they should come to you. No, no, I'm saying that it, it makes sense that you're saying that um, tutors need to go out. When you're first starting, you need to go out and get those clients. You can't just expect them Some to come. Some websites might provide you students initially, right? There's, there's different systems, but of course, you just need to... Yeah. yeah. Just just contact, 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 do, do the cold emailing, you know, kind of, and then just at some point just works. Right. Well, Jonas, thank you very much for coming onto our episode. I think our listeners will have gotten away with some in, an interesting side hustle that really, if you're into, you know, it could be languages, it could also be chemistry, physics, anything really that you're kind of, you like, you're passionate about you know, tutoring it to other people is, is an option that could be very rewarding and both financially and, you know, emotionally. I don't know. <laughs> you just grow as a person for sure when you're tutoring. You just... Yeah, you grow as a person. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you very much, Jonas, for coming on and uh, I'll see you next week. Yeah, see you. This episode is sponsored by Mintos and Mintos is the largest peer-to-peer -peer marketplace for European investors and offers a big selection of loans worldwide with regular returns of up to 12% per annum. And FI Europe listeners get 0.5% cashback bonus on their initial deposits. Head over to financial-independence.eu slash Mintos for more information. And the link will also appear in the show notes. Please note, we are no financial advisors, so please do your own research. And by using the referral link, you will also support us to cover the costs of the podcast. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We hope you learned something new and enjoyed the show. You can support us by doing this. 
subscribing to your favorite podcast program and leaving us a review. Following us on Instagram and Twitter at Financial Independence Europe. Sending us an email with questions and feedback. We would love to hear from you. All the mentioned articles, books and cool resources can be found in the show notes at financial-independence.eu. Thank you for listening and see you next time.